Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Noah. And this is a chat episode of Talking Lion because Casper is finally out. Release. Release. Out in the world. I think we're also sort of starting the season of the podcast on this, kind of. Give us some time. The <laughs> podcast will be coming, and it'll be coming soon. But for now, we want to talk about this song because it's out. It's out. Released. Released in the world. To the public for it's, your ears. It's yours now. It's yours and not ours. Yeah. Well, it's also still ours. Yeah. But it's also yours. Yeah. And could be somebody else's if they cover it. That's true. Or sample it and remix yeah. it. Use it on your TikToks. <laughs> Make content out Make of our content. content. Yes, yeah. exactly. How do you feel that the song has finally come out? It's taken us two years. Yeah. In in a lot of ways, it's in a lot of ways I'm just relieved. In a lot of ways, it's really nice. Um that it's out of our hands because I feel like when you hold on to a song, especially a song you really like for too long, it kind of gets heavier. It gets a lot. It gets heavier and heavier because you're just like you've built up all this expectation. You've put you put so much pressure on a song that you believe in that you haven't released yet. So I think it's nice. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I feel a lot lighter. I feel like it's like, oh, no, like it's it's out. It's on Spotify. The cover art is on Spotify. It's a part of our canon of releases it's launched us into a new era of of our of our band, and it just feels really good. I mean, my my family does this thing every year where we have to pick a word for our year. It's part of our like New Year's Whoa. resolution ritual. Um, and my word for the year was release because I feel like that's got a lot of good yeah. angles to it. And this is the first release of the year, and it just feels it feels good. It feels like I'm you know I'm aligning with my goals in a lot of ways too, and that's nice. I I mean I love that. I yeah I think that like I think that. We come up with all these reasons why something shouldn't come out. Yeah. And we've got hundreds of songs that haven't come out or, you know, that we want to come out. Uh, but, you know, there are all these different reasons. Um, but I also think there's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves for these songs to do well or for these songs to be the best they can be. That almost kind of brushes and bumps up against what is sort of the current generation of creators, which are a lot more of like, no, let's just put this out. Let's yeah. see how it reacts. And and with a trust that there is an audience and a trust that there'll be so many more songs. I think we were very precious about this record to the point where almost ironically, we've kind of grown a little bit out of the record. Yeah, definitely. So it's nice to finally like have a little space from it to be able to, I think, to think Yeah, but out. I'm excited that people now, because like, that's the other thing. We're so far removed from the initial excitement of that record. But it's nice to use a little bit of imagination and understand on some level that like people's first experience with this song is going to be really good because it is a really good song. And people's first experience with the song is going to be today yeah. as opposed to, or even in this podcast, as opposed to what our first experience of the song was, which was, you know, September of 2019. Yeah. Uh, you always forget that, that like we... The most important experience, the first listen, you know, everybody gets that for some time, for some people, two years after. Right, exactly. You know? So, yeah, release. That's a great. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel now that Casper's out in the world? It's weird. When, when we first started Sleeping Lion, you know, we wrote this record, Patient Creature. And a lot of that record was about, um, you know, a relationship ending and, and, uh, things going on with my folks and everything like that. And, you know, it's not like Sleeping Lion has shied away from writing about, <laughs> like, relationships or something like that. But I think that what was so interesting about um, 
this record that we're working on now, and even even Casper specifically, is that a lot of it was written in the middle of it, mm-hmm. like not during a breakup, but kind of just trying to parse this very complicated relationship I'd found myself in and you had found yourself in. Yeah, Casper was um, written kind of at the beginning of that relationship in yeah, a weird way. Yeah. So the story of Casper and the sort of friendly ghost of it, like from a, the real life piece, because a lot of it, you know, a lot of it does make its way into the song. In 2015, I went to Colorado for Thanksgiving with my family. And we, my grandparents had just moved to Colorado, so they couldn't host at their house. So we went to a restaurant for Thanksgiving and there was a waitress there that uh, my cousins kept saying was like kind of looking at me, like just sort of giving me eyes, which it's never happened to me before. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not true. That can't happen. But, you know, I thought she was cute. And I left my scarf there on purpose. Classic. And, you know, went back to give her my number, which I had never done something like that before either. And, and when I came back, she said, I'm glad you came back. And, you know, like she said that she had been looking at me. And and I said, well, I'm in town for a couple of days. If you want to like go on a date or something. So later that day, I get a text from her and we make a plan to see each other. And, um, and I go to Aspen. It's the middle of winter too. So it's like cold as hell. And I go to, uh, I go to the place we say we're going to meet. And she's five minutes late, 10 minutes late, an hour late, two hours late, winds up never showing, not responding to the text either. And that was weird to, you know, like I I, I didn't mind that I was stood up or like whatever, but it was weird, the sort of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and then the sudden sort of like ghosting, mm-hmm. you know, um, before I even knew there was a word for it. Right. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, fine. Let's just is what it is. But then every time we go back to, to, to Colorado, I would think about, well, why didn't that happen? To the point where like I remembered that but couldn't even remember her name. Mm-hmm. And then August of 2019, I was hiking with my dad in Colorado. And he mentioned something while on the hike that suddenly made me remember what her name was. So I sent her a text and I get a novel back from her that like she remembers me and that like we, you know, like she was sorry that we never connected back then and all this like, which I was not expecting right. at all. And I said, well, I'm in Colorado. If you want to say, if you want to hang out, she's like, I'm sorry, I'm in Chicago now. So the next day I'm driving back from Colorado. It's a 12 hour drive. We wind up talking on the phone for like six hours of that. And every day subsequently, we wind up talking for many, many hours. Mm-hmm. And so on a whim, I'm like, if I came to Chicago, would that be all right? And she's like, it's crazy, but yeah, let's do it. So um, I fly to Chicago and we meet up and it's great. Like she surprised me with Hamilton tickets mm-hmm. and we eat at all these incredible restaurants. And it's a couple, it's a couple days. Like it's really, really great. But then... The day before I was supposed to leave, she leaves me alone in her apartment to like do an errand. And I got a text from her a couple minutes after she leaves, essentially saying, I'm so sorry. I, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can be in a relationship. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do you a favor here. Like you don't want to be involved with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you should go back to L.A., it's a very interesting experience to kind of be very nicely broken up for what is kind of altruistic intentions yeah. in somebody's apartment. Yeah. Because I'm just there. Yeah. Like, I don't just know really what out. to... I think I even texted you. I was like, I have no idea what to do with myself. I'm yeah. like, 
because I also didn't know where I was going to like sleep. <laughs> I didn't really have like a ton of money at the time either. So I couldn't yeah. necessarily like Airbnb in a moment. Yeah, notice exactly. Or, or get, like change my, my ticket. So this is a very interesting spot. So I, I wrote a letter. I left it on the kitchen counter. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> I think it... Um, it uh, it rhymes better. So I left a letter on your kitchen counter. But I think I left it um, on like the windowsill mm. of her bedroom. Nice. Um, I did accidentally leave my clothes on the couch. And my clothes on the couch. So it's like, how do you accidentally do that? But it was kind of like tucked in, mm. I think. But uh, I'm missing, <laughs> to this day, missing a couple articles. But, you know, the, the story, the story doesn't end there. We actually wound up connecting again and then disappearing, connecting and disappearing. So it happened a couple times in different sort of iterations. I kind of came to learn um, that there were sort of darker sides to her and that there that she was trying to do me a favor that I should have really just like taken to heart, I think, um, as tough as it made it maybe would have been at the time. Yeah. But we, I got back from that first Chicago experience thinking I'd never see her again. Right. And... Emily Cacantis comes by to write a song. And that's how we wind up writing Casper. Yeah. A bit long-winded, but that is that is the bizarre true story It's a good story. (laughs) It's a good story for a song. So yeah, it's a very I I I realized when we were listening back to the voice memo that it's it's a very it's a very complex lyric. It pulls off a lot of context and a lot of like, you know, back and forth and switch of perspectives, like in, in a very like neat way well we i think we're very conscious about having like the first verse really telling the story of what it is and then the second verse really playing on the metaphor because mm-hmm. the first verse is this is what happened in this actual story and experience and the second verse is you've got the ghostbusters reference right. the, i don't know who to call you've got the the floating through the wall mm-hmm. um the the metaphor of a ghost kind of haunting you um, and then, of course, the third verse kind of, I think, marries the two, the yeah. sixth sense, but also just I hope that we see each other again kind of yeah. thing, which, like I said, we sort of ultimately did for for better or worse. But um, but how I feel about it actually coming out is that it's bizarre because, you know, I'm not in that anymore. Like, like I wrote it not as a breakup song. I wrote right. it in the middle of a sort of thing, but it's now quite some time since I've been in that relationship. So in a lot of ways, I don't like it dredges up some stuff, but in a mm. lot of ways, it also is a lot of closure to that stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's like being able to talk about this weird story and and this 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 person, but also not having to because now the song can be something else for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, hell, even the song even ended up meaning something completely different to me uh, by virtue of like other experiences that I had way after writing it or producing it, you know, like now, now it has an entirely new, like I can relate to it in a way that I couldn't, even when I like laid down that vocal, which can is you, really can interesting. Can you elaborate on that? I think, I, you know, without going into too much detail, sure. I had, I had an, an experience la- like, I guess two years ago now with like someone I met online and had a very like tumultuous week and a half with that was, you know, in some ways a similar thing of like a relationship that was entered into very enthusiastically by, you know, at the time, both of us before she started hitting me with the sort of I'm really damaged and I'm really broken and you don't want to have anything to do with me. And me being like, but no, you're, you know, like having <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of doughy eyed, you yeah. know, uh, you know, interest in that, you know, and maybe even a morbid fascination with someone who, you know, self proclaims to be as broken as as that um, before kind of unceremoniously uh, cutting off all communication uh, and you know, me in me working through my feelings about that, 
I think one of the prevailing feelings is, all right, I'm an adult. I can accept that people go their separate ways or, you know, someone might, might not be interested in you. But when there is that much of what seems like a connection, the lingering thought is always, well, I hope, I hope this sticks with you a little bit. Yeah. You know, the desire is like, I hope that, you know, you, you know, it's the Taylor Swift, like, I, I bet you think about me. It's, it's, I hope I haunt you. You know, like, that's like, I never quite felt that when I was even working on the song, but like now I can connect to it in an entirely different way. Well, I think that it was also like a, a kind of beginning of a, a change in how we were writing. I think that we wrote a lot of sad songs. And I think mm -hmm. that we were sort of getting tired of writing these songs where we were both kind of like the victim of our own narrative and yeah. all this, like whatever. And, and like, oh, feel bad for me. And I think that we wanted to maybe write from a perspective of maybe a little bit more frustration, a little anger, a little bit of, a little bit more biting, you know, because, uh, you know, be, because of, of context, but also because of wanting to maybe own uh, making tough decisions. Yeah. Or uh, own being involved in things that maybe weren't our decisions. Um, uh, I think it took me a long time to realize, like, if somebody is trying to save you from themselves, let them. Yeah. You know? It's very true. Uh, that That's... It's very tough, you know? Um, it's very tough. But yeah, Emily Kakantas came to mm -hmm. write and, and you know, don't take our word for mm -hmm. it. Um, here's a, a little recording she made of her experience uh, writing with us. Hey, this is Em. So we wrote Casper back in September, 2019. And it was the first time I met both the guys and I immediately felt super comfortable with them. We were chatting about life and music and even some psychedelic experiences while walking to grab a coffee. And when we got back, we um, circled around their piano and I felt like the song really just came together in that moment. Um, I had brought in this idea, I believe, about you know haunting people in our lives and we just, you know, started talking about our heartbreaks and past relationships. And um, yeah, this idea came together um, and we, you know, we, we came to the idea that we hoped to stay with or haunt our exes after we'd gone and moved on with our lives and that a little piece of um, ourselves would haunt this person. And yeah, it's so cool to see this song come together um, after, you know, the past couple of years. And um, yeah, I just, one thing I wanted to say was that we wrote this just acoustic, acoustically. So it's very cool to see the song really come together. And I think the reason why the song is so special is, you know, because it sounded so good in that first instant when we wrote it. And now with everything else um, a part of it, it just went to this next level which is so amazing so yeah i hope you guys um love the song and um stream it on spotify and all that good stuff and uh yeah okay bye <laughs> she's the best uh she's also starting an artist project called m mm -hmm. um and we are gonna have her on a podcast episode in the future on this season um but she's it was such a great writing experience with her especially a first writing experience yeah um, is there any sort of strong memory you have from that writing experience? I remember sitting on the balcony 
been doing our, you know, regular kind of debrief, get to know you thing. And because you had just gotten back from Chicago, I remember you telling the story. Uh, and I remember you saying at some point in the story, in some context, I forget, forget specifically the context, I remember you saying, I think it was from her perspective, I hope I haunt you. Or you was I forget the precisely how it came up, but the words haunt you came up. And I remember being like, that's, I don't know, I just got a kind of sizzle from that. I just remember <laughs> feeling like that feels like something like, I, you know, and I didn't know what it was, but I remember feeling very strongly that that needed to make its way into the song, which I don't usually have. That is that, that experience. But you're, you are pretty good at picking that out for me specifically. Like, yeah. I think that when we write with other people, I'm usually listening for that stuff. But yeah. You're good at hearing when I'm because I don't I didn't remember saying it. But you brought it up later. Yeah, I think later in the session. Um, I think it was maybe in the context. I think I wrote something. I don't think I wrote it so directly in the letter, but I think in when I was summing up the letter. Yeah, I think that's what it was. That I, like I was like I kind of hope the tone is that like I was blindsided and I hope that like doesn't not get thought about. Yeah, you know or whatever. Exactly. Um, I I remember kind of the title because Emily and I both follow uh, Andrew Goldstein, uh, friend, mm-hmm. F R N D, friend of the pod, right? Um, and he had posted. Uh, like I think an Urban Dictionary like screenshot or something that said Casper friendly ghosting, mm-hmm. which is like when two people mutually decide to to ghost each other. I kind of spun it into like altruistically or yeah. like for like a reason, you know, like a good reason. Funnily enough, like past that, I haven't been able to find the Urban Dictionary uh, thing. I think somebody made an Urban Dictionary right. page now because of cat, like because of the song, like mm-hmm. you know, it said made popular by Sleeping Lion, which. That's a dream come true. Right. Urban Dictionary. Let's go. But get it um, on a mug. Yeah, get it on a mug. But yeah, Emily and I have both had seen it. So like we were like, oh wow, yeah, like Casper's a great name. And then we brought in like, and now you're a friendly ghost. Like yeah. we started throwing all that stuff around. Um, but we had both, yeah, we both sort of seen this like this this Instagram post from from him or this story post. Um, you know, Andrew, if you ever, li- if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're a random story inspired the song. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I, re- I remember that very clearly. Um, but instead of us remembering the experience, let's hear some highlights from our voice memo from that day. I want you just a little bit. Is that what it was? I just want to hold you just a little bit. If you're gonna go, you're gonna forget about me. Don't wanna make it so easy. Wait, what? Can I just flush out what's in my brain? Yeah. yeah. I, I hope this haunts you just a little bit. I hope you think of it in the middle of the night when it haunts you just a little bit. Like, yeah. like everywhere you were there, you were thinking of her, and it was bringing all this stuff back 
back to you. Yeah, I think the verses can be like sort of detail oriented, you know? I was just thinking too, like the first part of the haunting thing, at least for your story, is like you guys having that first meeting and then you say you're gonna like meet yeah. up and it never happens, but like you guys are both still thinking about each other over the next like two, three years or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that could be like, I don't know, the first. Friendly ghost, missed encounter, no, 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 ever after. Oh, no, yeah, on the, yeah. Did you leave it in the kitchen or something? I left it on, in, actually in her bedroom. Oh, okay. But, you know, like... I left a letter. Left my boxes, you know, on the kitchen counter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Friendly ghost. Missing counter. Shit, okay, I think there's actually, wait, wait. Um, I'm hearing you, uh, yeah. a friendly ghost, a missed encounter, never got to see a happy ever after, yeah, uh, um, yeah I left a letter on the kitchen counter, yeah, yeah. but I think, I think, yeah. the, I think first verse, um, though I think that whatever we just did is like the second half of the first verse, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. But like, I, I think the first verse should be setting up that like, I'm just like planting all this shit in the house. Yeah, yeah. You know? Left my clothing when I, on when the couch. Left my, I left my, left my mm -hmm. clothing on the couch. Yeah. Call it off, so broke. Didn't have the time to even pack it up. <laughs> um, Left your house, something like that. I left your house, a friendly ghost, a missing counter. Never got to see a happy ever after. I left a letter on the kitchen counter, my clothes on your couch. Yeah. I actually really like that. What do you think about like uh, uh, something right. like in the beginning? If we talk about like the good times, maybe. Like, uh, da -da -da, talk for hours. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah then maybe then, then maybe it's like you yeah. start it like good and then I don't know something yeah. happens. Yeah, maybe that's just the second verse. Oh yeah, that's true. And the first verse is it's starts more like in the mid in the middle of the middle. Yeah, and then you go back and then and then the pre-course is like that's when shit goes down. And you're like blindsided and then you're like wait a second like I hope I hope that I hope that you're not okay with this you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you're in that headspace, you're like a friendly ghost, a missed encounter. Yeah. Well, then the second verse can be like. Like, you know, we talked for like, you know, like, you call me up, we talked for hours. Yeah. Wait, what if, what if it's like, like, uh, I didn't ask, just left your house. Wait, what if I didn't argue? Didn't argue, just left your house. Yeah. Just left your house. No. It all went off, so bad, didn't even give me time to park my stuff. Didn't argue, just left your house. Yeah. You come around when I'm lonely. You're the only, uh, hard to find somebody. You come around. That at least opens it up for like anybody else who's yeah, listening to it. Yeah. That like for the, for the ex that keeps sort of showing up. Yeah. Like, you come around when I'm lonely. It's hard to find somebody else who really knows me. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. As it goes, never less. Um, 
Oh, that's good. I'm gonna try my best, but never. I try my best, but they never last. Uh, friendly ghosts don't know who to call. Fuck yeah, I love that. Ah. I just forgot that you wrote that line. It's like, friendly ghosts don't know who to call. Now I'm holding him and you can float him through my wall. Honestly, I kind of just don't, I don't mind just to get out of this. It's just like, 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 like there's nothing wrong. And you said what I'm done. I hope I haunt you a little bit, a little bit. Oh, I kind of like that more than. So what I find so interesting about the voice memo is that you use the voice memo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I love that we're, you know, we are trying to come up, come up with it and we like wind up finding these parts and it almost becomes so obvious when it does come by. Mm -hmm. You know, there were some things we tried to stay or argue and of course I tried to get a fucking weird other pre-chorus <laughs> pre melody in there that never made never made it. <laughs> I still like that melody though. Um, we can still use it. Yeah, sure. But, uh, but this actual song, the one that is out now, starts with, the voice memo. Yeah. How did you kind of come up with that production decision? Because that has been the case since the first demo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know if I have a clear, if I had a clear motivation for that. I think that there's, you know, using a voice memo is almost, I don't want to say it's a crutch, but it is kind of like just a go-to thing that I try to do. Maybe I like the, um, sometimes I like the challenge of like, can I sample a piece of a voice memo and make it not sound like a voice memo? But the decision to start with an actual voice memo is pretty bold because it's like, you're not getting great audio quality at the jump. I think what I like about it- You risk it, somebody listening to it and thinking that this is going to be yeah. the song. The payoff you get from it, though, is I love in songs when there is a really lo-fi aspect. I mean, you get it a lot in like, you know, the the, the last era of pop punk. You, you had a lot of songs starting with like, um, like Misery Business starts with like a radio sample that then goes into something with a full frequency spectrum. I'm even thinking more recently, Julia Wolf. Um, right. Yeah, starts with like almost her doing the voice memo with her just like- Oh, uh, and that's, and that's the, the thing. the table and the desk. That, yeah. that song has the potential to alienate you right from the beginning, but the flip side of that is when it lands, when you get the full frequency spectrum, when you get the hi-fi, well-recorded vocal. Like I think my favorite moment in Casper is the moment when- the first guitar comes in and then you hear the vocal and your brain immediately clocks into, oh no, this is a pop record. It's right. a good pop record. Like that's like something I, you know, was really looking for out of it. And we were very delicate too about having little elements in the intro, like while the voice memo was going, that to an experienced listener would say, Don't worry, don't shut this off. This isn't a voice memo. Exactly. But wouldn't take away from the the sort of voice memo quality from your average listener. Yeah, I think that was a good a good call to um, like tease enough of the the sonics of the record before just a little bit. We just were a just, little bit, yeah. Hey, do 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 do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it because I feel like it was such a cathartic experience. At, at least for me, just like being able to write a song 
that really genuinely felt like a new era for us, mm -hmm, but also was it like getting this other thing kind of off my chest, like the, all this Chicago stuff um, that didn't feel sad. That felt mm -hmm. a lot more just sort of like frustrated, which is I think ultimately what I was, you know? Yeah, but it's and, ultimately kind of empowered is maybe too strong a word, but it's it it's it's got. A it's lot a hopefulness. Of, it's hopeful, to it. and yeah. it's got a lot of ownership and agency, which I think is yeah. you know, an important distinction. Um, dare I say, maturity? Yeah, definitely G growth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I, I think that like it was such a nice cathartic experience writing it, and like Emily's just so nice, mm -hmm. and you know it was the first time you and I had like written for us in a while too. Yeah. So I like that it it starts there because it's like bringing back that sort of memory yeah. as well. Plus just hearing our voices just sort of talking a little bit. Yeah, if anything, one of the things from the very original demo that I do kind of miss is <laughs> there's this moment in the voice memo because I didn't realize you were recording the voice memo for the song. So I start saying something about a guitar part or something. I start like talking and right perfectly on beat right before the verse starts, you go, yeah, almost, but like with the undertone of the yeah is, hey Noah, shut the fuck up, we're doing a voice memo. And then I got it. <laughs> That's cool though. Like we had it on top. Yeah. Um, and in your very original demo, there was a nice like, you could really clearly hear you going, yeah, that was the beat right before the, the, the song starts. <laughs> So I think that like uh, what people don't really realize about this is that this is part of the record we were intending to do. Mm -hmm. Like different plans isn't just like a fun name for the record that we put out during the pandemic. Different plans is literally what it was. Like yeah. we intended to work on our the record we're working on now, Most Improved, that has Casper as the lead single. But then the pandemic hit and we didn't want to put out this record without us sort of knowing what our, what the world and our lives and everything was going to look like, you know, um, you know, maybe to, to a detriment, we could have TikToked it maybe earlier, yeah, who, knows, who knows, whatever, but, um, you know, we put out different plans instead. So it's nice like sort of coming back to it, but I think we learned so much in that time about like how we wanted this record to really sound. Yeah. Um, I think we were experimenting in our, a lot of our solo stuff quite a bit. So, you know, we were able to reference some of your solo songs, reference mm -hmm. some of my solo songs as far as like what we wanted in certain places. Um, I also specifically remember when we were trying to figure out how to make the chorus feel spooky, mm -hmm. we uh, referenced like Luigi's Mansion. I do remember that. some of the the music box elements and and stuff that I also I, 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 the other thing I'll say about that briefly which I love is you know uh we uh Lido was doing a live stream where he was taking song submissions and we sent an early version of Casper the oh, first yeah. version of Casper and you know he had a very like you know gracious response and even played our, our uh time and space remix beforehand 
uh, which which I, I really appreciated. Uh, but when he listened to Casper, he was, you know, he was very impressed by the writing. He was like, oh, you know, pop stuff. We love to see it. His one note, the one note that he gave on Casper was, if I were producing this, I would do something spooky in the chorus. Pop shit. We love to see it. Really dope. Great, like, structure. Um, very, like, rewarding when the hook happens. Um, in songs like these, like, this is obviously, like, with a lot of, like, ghost metaphors in it. And songs like these, I always try to have something about the production that reminds me of what the person is talking about. So, like, my instinct would be to on to to on the hook to strip it completely back um, and somehow make it a little spooky. I don't know. That was great, though. Really cool. Cool shit. I want to hear more. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. And that always kind of stuck in the back of my head. Uh, but, I, you know, because I'd had that thought even previously being like, oh, the, we could get, make the song super Halloween-y. But then I was like, does that cheapen it if it gets too Nightmare Before Christmassy? So I'm really like, I liked Luigi's Mansion when you finally pulled it up in a session. And I was like, yeah, we, you're right. We do need something spooky. Like we need, it needs to be spooky, but not cartoony and i feel like we struck that balance really nicely i think i think that like spooky was part of the design like design principle but not necessarily like the first thing you'd notice in the sonics yeah exactly like, I, I think that um well so matthew weaver is the violinist you know he played this very like you know the tremolo mm-hmm. um but also these like and the decision to have some certain parts of the violin solo so it's just that mm-hmm. you know it, it evokes a horror movie without it being the whole thing similarly we found um during the pandemic we found uh, a piano's stringboard uh-huh. in the trash somewhere and we bring out a zoom recorder and we just start hitting it yeah. and just like making all these very creepy sounds with it and you can't necessarily hear it specifically yeah but it's part of it it's part of that we we you know banged on a water jug mm-hmm. like all of those things like that add these pieces we even very much fucked up a wilhelm scream mm-hmm. so if we just had a wilhelm scream i feel like that would have been cheesy but the fact that we had something that feels like that but mm-hmm. it's not the wilhelm scream yeah it's there if you really listen for it but it's not you wouldn't necessarily reach that conclusion and they couldn't sue us and they can't sue us yeah <laughs> and then of course we ended the song by voice memoing the piano mm-hmm. two years later just having that be a good bookend. Absolutely. I do think that my favorite, like last minute decision we made was the fake movie. Exactly. We grew up with Coed and Cambria. Mm -hmm. We love Coed and Cambria. For people who don't know Coed and Cambria, the lead singer of Coed and Cambria, Claudio Sanchez, wrote a comic book series. And in his records, he would sometimes put people talking very distantly in the background, playing out scenes from the comic book. So we have a song coming out later called Hurt Nobody that the, the middle of it, there's a there's a movie scene that is fake that mm-hmm. we made up. But we wanted maybe to have that be something that is like throughout the record and kind of last, you know, almost last minute, we come up with this this short film called My Friendly Ghost. And the, the quote is this. Why do you keep disappearing? I don't know. Maybe I'm doing you a favor. And so if you listen carefully, mm-hmm. it is right at the end. And I love it. It just makes me happy. Yeah, it just know? adds a nice, it's very, I mean, we've been sneaking movie quotes, real and fake, into our songs since the actual very beginning. So yeah. it feels very, it feels very like a very us thing to do. Yeah. It's it's fun too, because like, it. I think it ties into some of our, our filmic 
stuff, but it also does feel very spooky without mm-hmm. it being too obvious, you know? It feels like like you're watching an old mm-hmm. horror movie or something. Yeah. Um, especially because the song is called Casper, and we finally watched parts of Casper. Right. I'm like, oh, like we can we can make something that kind of feels a little bit like this or a little yeah. bit like a horror or something. And um yeah, if you guys go to our TikTok or our, you know, Instagram, you'll be able to probably see the whole yeah. the whole sort of short film and, and even just the snippet um that we just made here, you know. But and then of course we have so many other incredible collaborators on this project. Brass tracks, um Ivan Jackson threw down trumpets on this track. Uh, I really want to shout out that, that like, you know, we, we've opened for brass tracks, but this, this collaboration, um, came during the, um, protests Mm. uh, after George Floyd. Um, he, Ivan very incredibly generously said, I will, I will record trumpets for anybody who donates you know, over a couple hundred bucks to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. So we made a donation. I know a lot of other folks made a donation on his, and we were donating to other causes at the time, but specifically the Minnesota Freedom Fund, you know, on his push. And sure enough, a couple weeks later, we have trumpets for Casper. So, you know, as much as not as cloudy as saying, well, we brought Ivan into the studio or whatever, I think it's actually a better story because it just shows how generous I think he he is with his time and supporting causes that he believes in. Yeah, he really put his money where, he, where his mouth is. And Absolutely. Like really, I respect the hell out of that. And I've gotten a lot of compliments about the horns. A lot of, like, <laughs> a lot of people, have, like, a couple people texted me specifically, love the horns. Love the on, horns. On, on, the, on the record. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, they add, a, they add a really nice flair to it. I had somebody DM us when we were putting up the TikTok teasers being like, is that brass track? Yeah, because yeah, he has such a specific a very sound. very specific tone. Um, also, shout out to Under Arrest mm-hmm. and Spencer Camacho. Um, for those of you who don't know, Under Arrest is a Pennsylvanian acapella group out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, we first connected with them when they did an acapella cover of You Made Me for the ICCAs. Uh, th- we are collaborating with them in a very significant way for the last song on our upcoming record. So we were in the midst of working on that. But while they were recording this thing we're working on with them spencer also got them to record so many gang vocals so many like it was like 20 30 tracks of audio it was so for, fun for casper i think it adds so much because it's spooky very spooky it's a spooky like i always imagine less like the paintings singing mm-hmm. <laughs> well if you're gonna forget about me i'm not gonna make it so easy i hope i haunt you a little bit just a little bit please <laughs> so shout out to Spencer, Mike Pan of Transviolet mixed and mastered it very quickly and very incredibly well. Yeah, did um, a really good job. So big shout out to that. Shout out to uh, Souvenir and Bashlow for being our voice actors in My Friendly Ghost. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, last but absolutely not least, we have our old college roommate, mm-hmm. Peter Sauter, to thank for the cover art. Yeah. While we were in college, like while we were all living together back in Boston, Peter was really into like photo manipulation and a bunch of like really cool photography techniques um, and digital techniques and that kind of stuff. And he made this one um, photo that I really loved called Ghost 3, uh, which is the cover art for Casper now. And when we were trying to brainstorm what would the cover art for Casper be, I just remembered this this mm-hmm. picture 
Um, so you reached out to to Peter, yeah, and uh, he he was surprised. Did yeah, he, he say? was. He was. Yeah, he was just like, oh, he said something kind of like to the effect of like, by golly, where did you find that? <laughs> uh, but it's also funny because we, you know, we ended up catching up and having a, a discussion about his photography. And I, he actually filmed it in it was a stairwell on 150. Oh, He's wow. like, he, he said, I really liked this one stairwell on 150 because it was the only place in, you know, while we were living in like, you know, college dorm housing where he could control the light. Like he like, you know, was able to like Jerry rig a photography studio essentially in this one weird stairwell of 150. Where we f- all first lived together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which, which I thought was fun. And, he, you know, we talked a lot about how... Um, the thing he was surprised about it, uh, which I thought was interesting, was, you know, it was also an image he hadn't necessarily thought about in a while, but he's he was looking back at it and had that experience of like, huh, my photography style now is like still kind of in that universe. Yeah. He's still making kind of like spooky, low exposure, like kind of unsettling Lynchian stuff. And I'm like, it's cool to see like how, you know, what stays the same in someone's style as well. And I think I remember when I first saw it, when I first saw that thing being like just a, a, a big creative respect Mm -hmm. for for him and but also like wow like this would be the coolest cover art ever right we just weren't you know at the time we were working on stop it you know Mm -hmm. at the time we were working on you know patient i don't think it ever worked in the sort of aesthetic that we were trying to do yeah but of course now like i I mean it's been lodged in my brain for so long yeah i love that shout out to peter thank you so much for for letting us use the art i think it's it's so perfect it really is the perfect image for this song absolutely got art he didn't what i love about it too is he didn't have to touch the colors yeah like it just was in our color scheme yeah i think it also just like you know and of course it's that's also coming off of different plans Uh uh-huh you know which different plans was not shot intentionally as a cover art too so there's something fun about these sort of unintentional pieces of of cover art but i think that i i first looked back on it around the time we were writing casper mm. because i think it just really did capture how i felt in chicago mm. like i do i do remember i think we somebody had brought up the type of photo manipulation that peter was doing mm. and that's what made me sort of look back on his stuff around 2019 mm. and that was that was like you know, the, that's what where I think it came back into my consciousness or how I started to associate it with Casper. Interesting. And then just sort of later on, you know, now we we, we did it. But yeah, it just, I think it really does capture how I felt about, I, I almost feel like I looked that way, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of sitting in the apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to figure out what to do with myself, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's everybody who's, who's involved and, and, thoughts and voice memos and snippets um it's just crazy that the song is finally out yeah and it really is i feel the beginning of of whatever this new era is any last any last words no just uh go go stream casper go stream casper send it to your ex <laughs> send it to your ex consensually consensually yeah yeah don't be weird yeah don't be weird about it and blow it up on tiktok yeah so that yeah, so that, you know, yeah, just do it. Make just, art. Yeah, just hold on to it. Hold on to it. I, I I I think this record, whether it blows up on the internet in a viral moment in 2022 or not, I, I feel so strongly this record is going to have a long life. I agree. I, I really trust that. It's it's released. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's yours now, dear listener. So we gave it everything we had over the last two years. Uh, all the stories, mm-hmm. all the... All the spookiness that we could muster, it's yours now, and we we hope you like it. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We would like to thank Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.